All right. Hello. Welcome to episode five. We're just going to say episode five. I don't want to confuse our viewers because I confused one. I confused one of my friends. She said, <laughs> I was watching the first one, but it said episode four. I got confused. I was like, all right, don't worry about it. But uh, this is our fifth episode of uh, the Star Wars Stuff podcast. Thank you all for listening to our uh, other other four that we had. And uh, Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, here I am. And David is back from his mission across the galaxy. How was it? It was awesome, man. It was <laughs> So much fun. It was very uh, very Star Wars Celebration-esque, but uh, a different uh, corporation. We won't talk about that. <laughs> we won't talk about... We won't go into detail about what... I think was. it's okay to talk about oh, okay. it. It was, it was IBM. And it was awesome? Yeah, yeah. I, it had the same kind of celebration feel. Everyone was talking to each other, and people that I only saw names of on emails and on publications, I got to talk to them, and I met oh. people that... Knew those people and people who originally worked for companies uh, where they first installed and did planning for uh, big companies such as YouTube. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was really interesting. So that is why you were not here last week. Yes. And we had that weird phone conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But it went well. It went well. But, yeah, yeah. now we're back. And, uh, again, like I said, this is our fifth episode. So let us just dive into Star Wars stuff. And one of the big things we're going to talk about today is, of course, the Solo trailer that came out on Sunday. Uh, we'll get into that. We don't. We're gonna. We'll go in uh, not frame by frame, but we'll go through and we'll we'll watch it and talk about it because it was awesome. And if you haven't seen it, pause the podcast right now. Go to YouTube and look it up, and it is awesome. So, uh, all right. So, some of the news we heard this week. One thing I heard, uh, I didn't tell you this, but um, Daisy Ridley has told John Boyega that Finn and Ray are going to be together in Episode Nine. Quite I did hear bit. about that. Yeah. yeah, Abrams apparently told her, and then she got so excited that she texted John Boyega to tell him that they're going to be together. So I'm wondering how, um, whether or not they're going to do the Finn and Ray love story, or it's Ray is just there, and it's Finn and Rose that are going to, you know what I mean, going to be. Yeah, together. that's such an odd dynamic because at the end of the Last Jedi. It looked like maybe they're going to set up something between Poe and Rey. Okay, it's funny you say that. I read the uh, Force Awakens uh, novel, and at the very end of the novel, whenever R2 and BB-8 show the map of Luke, you um, they have that moment in the novel, in the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. where Poe sees Rey and says, Hi, I'm Poe. And she goes, Poe, oh, you're the pilot. I'm Rey. And he goes, I know. And then they they looked at each other, and they smiled at each other, and she says, like, she looked at his face and she liked what she saw pretty much. And so that was in the book. Right. And I'm wondering why that got like kind of kicked away. Right. Yeah. Force it Awakens. was like struck from canon. Yeah. Kinda. To where now, now it's like kind of thrown in at the very end of The Last Jedi. It's the same type of scene, but now right. it's in The Last Jedi. Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm thinking it was always supposed to be Ray and Poe. Where was the Lucasfilm story group with that one? I know, right? What the hell were they? What were they doing? Were we all Pablo? What were you up to on that one? Maybe twittering. So, yeah, he's probably. I don't know, but I, I'm anxious to see how they're going to do that whole storyline. And I and I was thinking about it. It's almost just like Return of the Jedi, where as an Empire, you had your your groups all separated. And right. Last Jedi, everybody was separated. Right. And then and then Return of the Jedi, they all came back. And so Episode Nine, they're all going to come back together. So they're going to be on some mission. All of them are going to be together, I think, and I think that's going to be pretty exciting. And that's what the audience wants to see, I think, is them all together and them all interacting. Right, and, right. The big and, fight between Ray and Kylo. Yep. And then the fight between Hux and um, 
Poe and the you know everything. Oh, I watched The Last Jedi with my mother. It was awesome. And uh, I put on the subtitles, and at the beginning of The Last Jedi, he's actually saying General Hugs. H-U-G-S. He's not and did you put hugs. the caption on I it? I put the caption on it, and he says, uh, General Hugs. And, he, and I'm like, and I listen, and sure enough, Oscar Isaac is saying General Hugs. And I think it's, oh, they're, wow. they're just really picking on Huts. I've on that never part. heard anyone talk about that. And I was, I, when I saw and I read that, I was like, he's calling him Hugs. He's really trying to piss him off. This is pretty funny. He was so, really tooling with yeah, him. So that was cool. I uh, heard that. And then also this week in uh, the Star Wars world, Tony Gilroy has actually spoken about Rogue One, the Rogue One production. And from what we had all understood was he came in as kind of like, um, he had said like, he he didn't say it. Someone else has said like he reshot a couple of scenes. They, they restructured it mm-hmm. to the point where his name is actually credited as a, a screenwriter. He got a screenwriter credit to it. Right. And then this week he apparently, or last week he spoke and he said that when he came on board, the production was in a terrible, terrible state. The movie was awful. Right, it was a mess. It yeah. was a huge mess. And he said it was, so all he had to do was just kind of make it better. And from what he said, he's not a Star Wars fan. So to him, he wasn't, he wasn't kind of, um, he approached it as if it was, he said, the Battle of Britain, not, the you know, a Star Wars battle. So that's how he approached the final couple of minutes of the movie. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't know the movie was in that much trouble. Because we had all heard... But then, mm. then to hear that like, it was not a good, you know, not in a good state, you know, that's that's bizarre for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, going on to a film like that, being a director and being an actual mega huge Star Wars fan like Gareth Edwards was, mm-hmm. I mean, just the pressure. I mean, how he could just kind of even function yeah. as a human <laughs> being, knowing that he has that responsibility and that weight of directing a mm-hmm. film in the Star Wars universe. I mean, I I can't imagine myself being involved in a Star Wars film with having that type of responsibility and that type of pressure. I mean, that's just, it's crushing. Even with yeah. George Lucas, when he directed episode four, oh, yeah. he suffered, he, he went to the hospital a couple times because he thought he was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just, so much pressure and you see ryan johnson he's so cool and calm yeah and abrams as well was they they took it head on yeah and and it just seems like some of these newer directors are not able to to do this which now i'm thinking with what happened with rogue one is why kathleen kennedy saw what was happening with solo and she just said okay y'all are out we're not i'm not doing this again and then with episode nine, she looked at Colin and she said, "You're out. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to make the same mistake again." Right. So it seems like she's she learned from Rogue One and how just crazy it was to bring in another director because apparently he filmed, he reshot a lot of that movie. Tony Gilroy did. He's not credited as you know co-director, but from the way it sounds, something. Like but that. I think he does have like a guild credit oh, as okay. as a director. Oh, really? So yeah, I I think he still got a directing credit for the film even though it's not on the physical yeah. film that we watch. Because it seems like you know, Gareth Edwards got a lot of got way like it sounds like he got way too much praise for that for the final product. Yeah. And I was like, that kinda that's kinda weird. And apparently the ending, the one that everybody loves with Darth Vader, that wasn't even his idea. Like it was the editor that 
production's editor who had the idea of Vader coming in at the very end and doing that whole scene. So it seems like a lot of those cool moments didn't belong to Ed- Edwards, which makes me sad. But we still got a pretty good movie yeah. out of it. And, you know, I was thinking, why did they pick Tony Gilroy to come in and finish it? Tony Gilroy, and I was like, you know, he's written, if you don't know who he is, he's actually written uh, all the Bourne movies. And he, uh, he directed Michael Clayton, which you've never seen. It's a great movie. And then I looked, and Frank uh, Marshall is actually the producer of the Bourne movies. Right, Kathleen Kennedy's so husband. Kathleen Kennedy's husband. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure when she was like, I need somebody, and he was like, he's the best choice. And he was. He turned out to be a yeah. great choice, and he was able to reshape the movie and help it get released on you know the day it was. So Yeah, everything that I've seen of Gareth Edwards, he's cool, he's calm, he's very articulate. And I, I just can't see him being on set and just kind of getting rattled. So I guess just the film, just I don't know, by pure attrition, I don't know, just I, kind I of think... fell apart and just I guess he couldn't just contain it all. And I think he had a, a very documentary style vision mm-hmm. that he tried to execute, and he just uh, for whatever reason it just didn't, didn't work go out. the way that yeah. that. that Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm and everyone else that was in charge thought I was going. And there's so many, like, there were so many cool things in the trailer that they showed. Like, even, what was the name? Forrest Whitaker in one of the trailers is bald. Like, so apparently they filmed a whole sequence maybe when they were, like, younger. And then... The well, he was bald in the very beginning when he opens up the hatch and oh, sees yeah, yeah. young okay, Jen. Okay. So, yeah, so apparently there was more footage of that, but they said, no, we don't and need that. And there's a lot of footage, man. There's a lot of footage that they're just not... Releasing on release. the discs, yeah. I think they are eventually going to release it, but I mean it's going to have to be like Years down the road. But uh, the Gareth Edwards cut, <laughs> I don't think they'll ever do that. But I did like his cameo in. in I would like Rogue to meet him one day like and ask him. him He's probably gonna be what, like, "I'm not telling you what, nothing, what was going man. on. I'm not gonna tell Let you me know. I won't tell a soul." <laughs> yeah, I want to know. Like, even what, though I have a podcast, even though we have a podcast, we might talk about it. We yeah. promise we won't talk about it, but we yeah. would talk about it. Yeah, I'm anxious. I would love to hear what his what happened with with Rogue One, and you know the movie turned out pretty great. I mean, I personally don't like the first maybe 45 minutes of the movie. It's just kind of like, oh my gosh, let's just get this thing going. But then everything like toward the end of the movie is just amazing, just spectacular. Well, I like the whole thing. Like I mean, I, I don't have any complaints at all. I, I love the fact that they actually named the planets that they showed before oh, you went yeah. down into them, which I was like it. a really, really big mistake, I think, with The Force Awakens, which they should correct. Because everyone thought that Hosnian Prime was Coruscant. Yeah. And I could hear people say, oh, it's Coruscant. And it's like, no, it's not. Yep. They had to, yeah, I, um, when that part happened, I thought it was Coruscant, and then Jakku, for a while, I thought it was Tatooine, yeah. and then it was like, oh, never mind. But I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, though, whenever they show the titles in, in Rogue One, I, I kind of, like, tilted my head like, what? Okay, we just did that in a, in a start. And it made me think of Guardians of the Galaxy, and, the, like, that's what yeah. they did, on the, and the font almost looked the same, and I was just like, that is a weird thing for a Star Wars movie, but it worked, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the movie's great, the movie's great, so now... With you know what happened with that production and what I guess what was happening with with Solo, you know it's like man these directors don't can't it just seems like they're not living up to what they originally were trying to do, and so she fires them and brings in somebody else. You right. know that's I don't know that's just bizarre. I want to know what's going on in these movie productions. Yeah, and the whole <laughs> Colin Trevorrow thing too. And, of course, he worked under Frank Marshall for Jurassic World. Yes, yes. And that was a huge film, made a lot of money. A ton of money. And he got assigned to do 
episode nine, and he was actually on a podcast that I listened to right before he got the call for episode nine, and they asked him, would you direct a Star Wars? And then, have you been contacted? He said no. I mean, cool as can be. So, I'm not sure if he actually knew then or what, but from all indications, I think the reason why they let him go was because he did not want to budge on his on his trajectory of the story. I mean, mm-hmm. And plus, his ego was there, too. And yeah, I heard he had a really big... So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> and, then, and then his movie, um, almost like with uh, Josh Trank with Fantastic Four, right. underperforming in the bad reviews, Colin also had that movie, Book of Henry, that came out. Right, that was just a complete disaster. Right, it's and, kind of, you kind of wonder, like hindsight, there was was that bad that he did that, mm-hmm. and then I think that may have been a factor yeah. of him getting fired from that production, which is crazy. But I remember seeing a lot of people on like YouTube saying, "Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, this guy's directing your next Star Wars movie. Good, <laughs> you're welcome." And yeah, I was like, "Fans gonna be harsh." I was like, "Jesus, this movie that bad?" And apparently, it was. It was really that bad. And then yeah. a couple of weeks later, they're like, "He's out." So. Why well, didn't even think Jurassic World was that great? Jurassic World, the first time I watched it was uh, I, I I got swept up in the nostalgia of it. Yeah. But then the, upon a second viewing, I was like, it's really it's kind of, I don't know it's not as great. Yeah. It's just kind of it's like they tried to fit all the the right pieces from the other Jurassic Park movies. I'm not gonna lie though, when the, the music starts up, I'm a big music guy. Yeah. When the music started up, I, I got teary eyed because I remember listening to that soundtrack when I was a kid, right. and I heard like the same sound cue, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" <laughs> but uh, but then I think that I, I got, like I said, I got swept up into the nostalgia of it. But it's it's still a good movie, but compared to the original one, nah, it's not. It can't compare to that yeah, one. So, yeah, yeah. but so that was that happened this week with Tony Gilroy talking about uh solo and um i mean not about solo about rogue one and i guess i'm talking about solo because i'm anxious to talk about it because that trailer was amazing yeah that trailer and you know what now i'm excited for it like i think for now you're now i'm excited for it i think because like he's talking a little bit more in the trailer and to where he says a couple of things and i'm like he kind of I can see Han Solo now. Yeah, he has that solo vibe. Yes, whereas in the first trailer, I was like, he just sounds like a... Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know, but now I'm like, man, he sounds... This guy can maybe pull it off, and it looks visually awesome, like stunning. Yeah. It looks, And it feels like a Star it, Wars yes, film. Yes, it does. It looks, and it feels awesome. Like, it feels like... And the visual effects look amazing. I don't understand how they were able to do that. Right. Nothing looks fake. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. looks CGI. Like that train sequence, which looks like it's gonna be like the highlight of the movie, that looks awesome. I, yeah. I, I've gone back and watched it a couple of times, just going, "Oh my gosh!" Like, look at that! Like how the train moves on the axis, how it's moving right. on the track, and everything. Right. And it looks exciting, right. and the cast looks great. Right, right. And I'm really sad that that one actor from um, I can't I actually looked up his name from uh, The Wire. He's not Michael in there. K. Williams. Michael K. Williams. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, that he's not gonna be in that role of. Paul Bettany, because right. Paul Bettany looks like he's the villain now, right? Is yeah, he... yeah, yeah. He he looks like he's a, 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 a what do you call it? Um, Beckett, uh, Woody Allen's character says uh, he's a, uh, what does he say exactly? Crime Lord? Or... Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. And I'm just, uh, we're actually going to watch it right now, and we'll talk about it. And so these vill- so this villain is not... Uh, it's a it's a girl, right? That's what you're saying. Well, yeah, that that already kind of. I love but that. But this first this first yes. shot of the trailer is something I've always wanted to see. It took them ten films to show it, 
but the construction of a, of a, of a Star, Star Destroyer. Destroyer. Yes. And then you have like a little rodent creature running across the 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 screen there. That reminds me of a, That reminds me of the Force Unleashed video game where they yeah. actually show a Star Destroyer being constructed. Okay, yeah. And here's Solo. Yeah, walking up to. Is he gonna go? This is the gambling scene. I bet. This yeah, yeah, go. most likely. And you have three like guys huddled around a fire Which and looks, a barrel. They never yeah. shown that. Yeah. Then that's, this looks like totally like Solo in like Confession. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And then we get the shot of Enfys Nest, and the the the, the people around hit her. Uh, I think they're called the Cloud Riders. Ooh. So yeah, that's a pretty cool name. And then you have the so what's iconic her, Western shot. What's her name again? Enfys Nest. Enfys Nest. Yeah. And it's a girl playing her. Uh, that's what has been reported because the reason we know is because a French publication was talking about that character and was using. Feminine nouns and adjectives. Oh, okay. So, so that's yeah. what we think. That western shot. Yeah, Here he is walking up into the... Yeah. And there's Donald Glover, man. He yeah. he looks amazing. And his what he says... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up so we can see it. That mask looks amazing. How many creatures are in there? We're, we're Okay, so in case y'all don't know, we're watching the trailer like frame by frame and we're going through looking at... Now we're looking at a right. shot of Donald Glover. He's, he's reaching his hand across the table... And there's a ton of aliens in this in this shot. And to me, this looks more like episode four, very Cantina-esque, mm-hmm. as opposed to what we saw in The Force Awakens. And to Lando's left is Therm Scissor Punch right there. And oh, okay. Oh, that's the one that you yeah, were telling me about. Yeah, yeah. He's he got kinda, the awesome name. He kind of looks like the the alien from District 9. Like a little kinda bit. Kind of, sort of, of, of yeah. yeah. And he's got the lobster claws. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you have an alien wearing like an astronaut type suit yep. with a bubble helmet. And, and you get a classic things. alien yep. with the, uh, the, the, like yeah, the, with two the eyes, eyes yeah, yeah. that poke out. And then, and then I guess Solo's all in for the Falcon. In. Okay, so what's interesting about this shot of, of Solo looking up at the Falcon, that was in the teaser trailer, but Chewbacca wasn't there. That's right. So now it's like, did they reshoot it or did they just like digitally take him away so you couldn't tell like he's already with Chewie and that you know what I mean but I thought that was pretty cool it's the same they, shot they, it could have been a digital add-in yep I think it is because he wasn't in and of the course you see two suns or two moons in the background it can't be Tatooine though and right. there's Kali- and Kali- Khaleesi yeah Kira <laughs> and Paul Bettany well, look at his face man he's got all those yeah. scars on his face you want to turn it up a little bit so we can hear what uh, what he says a little bit there And those look like Star Destroyers poking out of the yep. sand, right? Yep. And then we were talking about Paul Bettany with all, like, the scars or scratches on his face. You know, I was always under the impression that Paul Bettany, like, came on for a couple of days and then that was it. I didn't know that Well, I think he, he did. On. I don't think he's that big a character unless... Oh, okay. Unless they lied to us. God. And then you see a donut, the first ever donut. The first donut. And then they even did a Tokyo Drift in the, uh, <laughs> in the, in the, in the teaser trailer. So, yeah, he's a driver and a flyer, Solo is. And, and he gets his gun. He yeah, gets his gun. The yeah. DL-44, it looks like that's the first time he receives it. He receives it from Tobias Beckett. So, it, lo- so it looks like he's just a young pilot, daredevil pilot who they hire. I right. love this. <laughs> Look at that, the Mandalorian symbol on this club. Like, Is it? Yeah, look, did you see? Oh, what'd you do? Oh, we got a train. Okay. We got a, but now yeah, if you go back and... Um, okay, look, see that? See this, the, 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 the skeleton? 
Yeah, is I don't think that's, that's a Mandalore though. It's not a Mandalore, but it's a Mandalore like symbol, or it's Possibly. it's something. It has to be. It could be Mandalore. I mean, look, it's you know it it got all messed up after all these years. So in the trailer right now, we're seeing this amazing skeleton, which is the symbol of the the, the Mandalore army, and so that looks pretty. Which maybe uh, Boba Fett There's will be La- back. Lando. Dude, his line right here. <laughs> and then you get Chewie laughing, and then and then we get our first scene and first voice audio of L three, which is a girl. It's, right, it's gonna be a, a female droid. Female droid, and the visual effects on her look spectacular. Yes, that doesn't even look fake. Look at that. Right, the Falcon. That's awesome. Right. The back booster is opening yeah, up for I the never, Falcon. Yeah, I never knew that, that, that right. was a thing. That and I'm thinking that they just stuck after a while and they don't do that they anymore. They don't do that anymore? Right, right. Oh, okay. And that then you sense. get Lando, L3 in the cockpit with Han in the back. So he's not the We've pilot. never seen him in the back. Yeah, so he's just looking at this thing like, oh, right. okay. And then here's the great train chase that just looks... Look at that. I love that. I assume everyone will betray you. And then we get Chewie's wife, right? Is that his, That's going to be his that's wife? That's what I'm thinking. It has to be his Some wife. Some people are saying it's maybe Lumpy, his son. but If they bring back Lumpy... Well, Lumpy is canon. I, he's canon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I he's, thought you were the one that told me. I didn't tell you he was canon. Well, Lumpy is in one of the Aftermath books, Okay, he's probably... I'm, I'm reading one right now. Okay. And they just got... Well, alert. Sheet. God, dude, come on. <laughs> okay, yeah. Lumpero... Oh, yes, that's awesome. He says, I have a good feeling about this. Right. 190 years old. (laughs) We finally (laughs) figure out how old. And did you notice that shot? They actually have the camera below and shooting up in the Falcon. We've never seen that before. It's always been either eye level or or slightly above. Yeah, Yeah. we've we've never seen them actually So, yeah, and doing the actual steering of Mm -hmm. the Falcon. Has never been done before. And then Paul Bettany with uh, those look like the same. Uh, geez, Chewie just body slams a guy and breaks his neck. And then Chewie hanging, hanging off the train. Ah! Oh. And of course, we all know he makes it. <laughs> I know, right? Spoiler alert! Yeah, uh, Chewie's gonna make it. Um, but man, it looks. I am super excited for this movie now. Yeah, like, I and wasn't. It's, what six weeks away? It's a couple of weeks away, yeah. and I'm I'm just I'm ang- I'm just um ah, I can't wait to see it. And I was always noticing Paul Bettany's character. He has like that little he slashes something. Right. It looks like the same blade from uh, Last Jedi. One of the guards was using. Right. So I'm right. wondering, like, I'm wondering if they got to like tie in all of that yeah. stuff. And I'm wondering. Okay, so here's my question to you: Do you think they're gonna tie in? Anything with The Force Awakens, anything with The Last Jedi. Like how Rogue One kind of threw in something. Yeah, there is a possibility they tie in something uh, because of that fact. But uh, the the Rogue One Star Wars story and The Last Jedi were kind of on the same schedule. Mm-hmm. So the story group was active between the two productions. And I think they had that opportunity to tie in the hyperspace tracking aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, anything's, anything's possible. Watching they introduce Snoke all of a sudden in the solo movie. 
I'm just kidding. Yeah, someone made the joke of, okay, well, Paul Bettany's there. He looks kind of like Snoke with the Paul Bettany Snow Boomer stuff. There we go. It's going to start now. But I don't. I kind of hope they don't do that. Like, I don't know. It just feels weird that they would re... What am I trying to say? Like, you have the, 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 the last chapters already being written, and then you go, oh, this was also happening, and this main villain was never in the other parts, but now here it is in this one part. You know what I mean? Like, I hope they don't introduce something major, major in Solo, but I hope it's just something subtle that we all go, oh, hey, that's that's pretty cool. Well, like, like with Rogue One, how uh, Galen Erso, he uh, made that uh, fault in the Death Star, and we mm-hmm. never knew about that. We uh, people were just like, "Oh, that's a big plot hole." I mean, how could that hole be there? Yeah, how, how who and who they, constructed that? And then now it's like he right. says, "Hey, it was um, I did it. Like I, I did it on purpose." Right. That was pretty amazing. Right. That was, that was cool. that was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, and a fun fact about a uh, Rebels, the TV show. There's one part where they're uh, Tarkin is talking to um, to Thrawn, and he says, "You know, Project Stardust is under uh, like is commencing a blah 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 blah." And I was like. <gasps> Like, you know, like, oh my god, I know what that is. That's so cool. And, yeah. uh, but like I said, Solo is, it looks great. He sounds a much better than I thought he was going to sound. Right. Like, to now where he starts talking, I'm like, man, he sounds pretty, uh, like I say, he sounds almost like, like Harrison, a little bit like Harrison Ford. Right. And the fact that he says, I have a good feeling about this, made me smile. Because in every right. Star Wars movie since the beginning of time, the line, I have a bad feeling about, or I've got a bad feeling about this, is in every single movie right right right. and people thought ryan johnson kicked it out of the last jedi yeah and it was the first line it was the first line of the whole movie just like almost like the phantom menace obi-wan kenobi says i got a bad feeling about this that was a terrible impression (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm super i'm even more excited for solo and i don't know when the tickets go on sale they didn't announce tickets or anything or any type of like force friday situation no merchandise nope you see all these people taking pictures with the toys Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, those people are, like, they know the they people know, that yeah. are in retail or the, the retail store just broke the street date and had them on sale. They might be on sale yeah. already. I haven't been to Target yet. and it, But I'm just shocked that they wouldn't make a, not make a big, but at least announce, like, hey, the toys are going on sale. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. But did they, did, I, I thought for sure they did something with Rogue One. Yeah, they did. They, yeah, they did. So I'm wondering if they're going to, either kind of completely forget about that or maybe, maybe Disney. May 4th on Friday. Yeah, maybe. Or I think Disney's trying to promote, um, they're too busy trying to get Avengers out right now. So that, can, uh, that may be taking up a little bit of too much time for them. I don't think, to me, it's interesting because Disney really does treat Marvel as its own thing mm-hmm. and Lucasfilm Star Wars as its own thing and they have their own marketing. But of course, Disney is, is kind of the, uh, like, big entity behind the scenes that kind of, I guess, signs off on stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure how that whole dynamic works, but um, it seems like, I mean, they're, I want to say dropping ball, but, I mean, it, they're not hyping up a Force Friday type scenario. And they're not hyping up Solo as much as I thought. Like, they released the trailer, which was pretty great, but it just seems like there's not a lot of promotion Well, with the proximity of this film and The Last Jedi... It got kind of tricky for okay. them because they wanted to they wanted to push home video for the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and now that's winding up or yeah finishing up. Mm-hmm. So now it's it's full full steam ahead for Solo. 
and yeah. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I'm gonna be really sad this Christmas because yeah. there's not gonna be a Star Wars movie, man. Yeah, gonna, that's that's gonna be I'm, weird. I'm gonna be like, man. So what do I do this Christmas? Like, I have nothing to look forward to. Yeah, I guess we need to do like a marathon or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, we will. I think or maybe just watch Solo during yeah, Christmas. During the Christmas time, and yeah. then call it that. There we go. <laughs> All right. Here's what we should do. We should not watch Solo when it comes out. Everybody should boycott oh, Solo. Geez. And then, <laughs> so that Lucasfilm <laughs> is forced to push it back during Christmas. Oh, but uh, what would be really awesome... We're starting the petition. We're starting the petition now. <laughs> Star Wars fans are across the across the world Gosh. unite. But what would be really cool, and I know it's not going to happen probably until like November of next year, is if we get just the title of Episode Nine. They... You know, I wouldn't. Solo, I would. Solo. That's a that's a great thought, and that's 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 something that could possibly happen because we all know that JJ released that tiny teaser trailer for The Force Awakens during Black Friday mm-hmm. in 2014. Yes. Okay. And it was. Or was it 2013? It was 20. It was 20 because the movie came out in 2015. Right. So yeah, it was 2014. Was when he released that. So we still had to wait another. We had to wait year, a whole year to go. A year plus, yeah. Yeah. So, oh man, that was that was such a great idea because we had all the Star Wars fans all scrambling. We need to get to the theater. We need to watch this thing, and then they released it online. But they did announce that they were going to release it in yeah. theaters first. So I knew other podcasters and friends that were going to the theater specifically to watch that teaser, and I think they aired it twice for them. Mm-hmm. And God, man, just to hear the Falcon. Man, I remember again on the big uh, screen. I mean, just to hear that, it's like, oh my gosh! I still remember when uh, it came because it was Black Friday. I was I was with my parents uh, that, that I went home to visit because it was Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I knew it was going to come on that that day. And my parents have slow internet, like they did. Now they're they're doing pretty great, but uh, they had really slow internet where they lived, and the it was there. It was online, and I was like trying to bring it up on the TV. But it was just loading so slowly, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, and I'm torturous. looking, on, I'm looking on my phone and on Facebook. It's like, "Oh my gosh, the new footage is up!" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh jeez!" And so then it finally loads up, and then my mom was there, and I was like, "Mama, let's watch, let's watch this. This is the new teaser for mm-hmm. Star Wars." And she goes, "Okay," and then you see the <laughs> you see the sand. And then you see John Boyega's head pop up. My mother would, <gasps> she gasped. And then, and then uh, that was that was such a cool thing to introduce all of that, and then say, "Hey, next, you know, December 2015." And it's like, "Oh my gosh, this is gonna be amazing." So I, when it comes to promoting things for film, Abrams seems like he has it down. He knows exactly when and how yeah, I mean, to, he's, to say he's, something. He's film savvy. I mean, yeah. he's, he's Whereas Ryan Johnson, it looked like he was kind of just relying on Lucasfilm itself to whereas it looked like J.J. Abrams was kind of in control of like what would be shown, yeah. like when. Because yeah. like you said, it was genius that he was like, hey, let's let's give them a little taste and let yeah, them that know. Was so good. Next so year. good. That I was, watched it so many times. Yep. And then uh, you see BB-8 there rolling, and I was right. like, "What is that?" Like, and see, at the cool. time, no one knew the significance of that droid. Nobody did. And once celebration hit, and once we kind of knew, everyone just fell in love with them. Cool yeah. story. Not, um, I thought it was interesting. A guy, like right after that trailer showed, got a tattoo of BB-8. 
like on his leg and everybody was like dude you don't even know who this droid is like why did you and uh, did you ever see fanboys with, yeah, uh, yeah yeah so yeah. the scene with seth rogan he goes yeah i mean look at my shirt i got a tattoo of jar jar and anakin man jar jar's gonna be the shit in episode <laughs> in episode one you know because the movie hadn't come out yeah. yet and so i was like oh my gosh what if that happens to this poor guy like bb8's yeah. only in there for like two seconds yeah but then yeah like you said you know like the the, the for, um the celebration happened and then other promotionals for it came out. Then the Sphero action figure, which I have uh, right here, the Sphero toy came out. Everybody bought it. It was like the best selling toy yeah. of 2015. Yeah, that and was the toy to get. That was yeah. the toy to get. And I was so happy I got one. Yeah. And, um, and then they showed the X Wing. They showed uh, Oscar Isaac there flying in the X Wing. They showed right. Daisy Ridley, who we had no idea who she was. Right. Um, and then the very end, I'm thinking, just give us something. Just give us a little. Because I was like, these are all the new people. I get it. And then you see Kylo Ren with his lightsaber. And I was like, that's Adam Driver. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. You know? And then you see the Falcon just fly up in the air. And the, right. the music started. And then you see the, the logo and Force Awake. I was like, oh, man. That was, that, was, that was a good teaser, you know. So I'm hoping either with Solo or maybe, hey, who knows, maybe November this year, Abrams has got to give us another, like, just teaser for Episode Nine. Oh man, yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about it until you mentioned that. But I mean, that that's, that seems like a total JJ move to do. So now you got me hyped for. No, you're welcome, man. Black you're Friday, welcome. man. You're Black welcome. Black Friday would be cool again. I'd, I'd take it. You know what I thought? I told my friends. You know, with Star Wars, we're we're such eager fans. Star Wars fans are such eager fans that we don't even really need to see the footage. All we would need to see is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. The the Star Wars, the, the song starts, it comes up episode 9, and then it just says the title, and then it just fades to black, and it would say, like, coming. That would be the ultimate teaser for episode 9. If, if he just shows the opening crawl, and it just says, episode 9, the title, so we all like, oh, there's the title, and then it just cuts off. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> Now after The Last Jedi, anything can be done in Star Wars, it feels like to me. And what's J.J. going to do? Is he going to go back to nostalgia, like in The Force Awakens? Or is he going to flip it entirely on his head and make something so different, so weird, so strange, that it's just going to either keep the people that are on the negative side of The Force Awakens there and make more people like just <laughs> totally pissed at Star Wars and say, oh, I'm swearing it off. Like Never a lot of people it. say, but yeah, you know, you all know they're going to watch it. Oh, so yeah. it's, I mean, it, it's, it's a very interesting time. And I feel like JJ, that pressure that he did have in the force awakens, mm-hmm. it's now gone. Yeah. It's gone. I mean, this, this could be it for him or, I mean, he could do this and he could knock it out of the park and kind of, in essence, bring those other fans back. I think he's going to do that. I think he's going to he because when he even when he read the Last Jedi, he said, "I was mad. I'm mad. I'm not directing this movie." Mm-hmm. And he's still the executive produced the film. And it feel it seems like to him when he read the Last Jedi, he he realized, "Oh my gosh, like this is this is a big deal in Star right. Wars now because yeah. now with this movie we can now do everything." different we don't have to rely on nostalgia anymore we can just go and make our own star wars movies i think he's going to do his very own star wars movie to where 
we're all gonna go what like we've never seen anything like this before right, right. i think he's gonna do that with nine I, yeah. I i i yeah. i bet you he's gonna do that with nine and did you see the simon Pegg story yes yes simon yeah, Pegg. yeah, where, yeah, where talked, yeah he talked about how jj's vision for ray and her parentage wasn't lining up so much with ryan's vision but we all had the report beforehand that they ryan and jj actually ended up in the same spot so it's kind of a conflicting type of explanation on on what went on there but simon Pegg alludes to the fact that jj maybe had Arabia Solo or Skywalker. That's yeah, what it he, seems like. He, wants, he doesn't yeah. give it away, yeah. but he kind of alludes to that. So I don't know if it's that or if it's just him kind of just saying something just to fill the time with the interview or whatever. But. I Because what he said was Abrams had mentioned that her parent, her lineage is actually important, like who who she is. like her Right, parents. and that can still be that the can, case. See, it can still be the case. Right. I don't understand why people... And I, I keep telling people, like, if you didn't like The Last Jedi because of this, 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 these answers weren't, you know, these questions weren't answered, right. there's a third movie. There is a third movie coming out right. that could right. possibly, you know, in my head, I'm thinking the beginning of Episode 9, okay, there's me just completely my own theory. The beginning of Episode 9 could be, you know, in between that, the Knights of Ren actually rise up, uh, not rise up, but the Knights of Ren are now spread across the galaxy, raining terror on everybody. And so now Rey is having to go investigate them. And at the very beginning of the movie, we might just get her flying to a planet and figuring out who Snoke is so she can bring down the Knights of Ren yeah, and all this other right. stuff. And I'm thinking, man, that and as soon as that part happens, we're all going to go, oh, OK, that makes a lot of sense now. Why? What happened? Happened. And then everybody's going to be like, oh, that was kind of stupid that we got mad at, you know, Ryan Johnson for Snoke's, you know, portrayal, you know. So and then and plus with her parents and everything, mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? Remember at the end of Empire Strikes Back, we didn't know for sure that Darth Vader. I mean, we, everybody was like, "Is he really serious? Is he really the father?" You know, he maybe he's just really toying with Luke right now, making him think that he is his father. And Luke is like, "Oh my gosh, this guy is my father," and all this other stuff. And then with F- Episode Six, when we Return of the Jedi, it starts to play out, and you realize, yeah, that really he really is his father. So there's so many things there's so many things in nine that could just get cleaned up instantly and we figure out who ray's parents really are and you know what i was watching nine i mean eight with my mom again and i i saw that the cave scene where, where ray goes up to the cave and she goes let me see let me see you know she's looking and then she sees herself and she's really disappointed and people were like that was so that was so messed up that was so cheap that they did that like why didn't ryan johnson show us who her parents were and I'm thinking, and I was like, wait, Empire Strikes Back did literally the same thing with Luke in the cave. Mm-hmm. He goes into the cave, <laughs> he comes across Vader, he chops off Vader's head, the head, the, the mask explodes, it's his own face looking back at him. Right. And it's like, whoa, that's great. But for some odd reason, with episode eight, that scene was just hated. People were like, that was so stupid. Why would they do that? And I'm like, it, it's got to be important later. So Yeah, it's just the fans and the general public, I think, had those expectations of, okay, we're going to see this. We're going to see a Luke training rage. It's like Yoda. We're going to mm-hmm. see her lift the X-Wing from the ocean. We're going to see this and that. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't happen. And then the whole tossing the lightsaber over, I mean, that's just, it, 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 it wasn't the Star Wars that, the general public, I think, wanted per se, but I mean, it still made a lot of money. I mean, people saw it, 
so it, it's kind of one of those like kind of contradictory kind of statements to make, I guess. But it's 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 paradox, kind of, you know. Personally, I I love that that storyline of Luke tossing the lightsaber because it makes him coming back at the very end that much more powerful. That he decides after all this time, okay, I know what the galaxy needs right now. Because see, my frame of thinking oh, is, why would he ever toss that lightsaber? After he went through what he went through in the original trilogy, why would he go back on his beliefs? But then again, the other side of the coin is you have people like that in reality. I mean, they lose their faith and they come back and they yeah. lose their... So it happens. That is possible. Yeah, it does happen. But we we had Luke on such a high pedestal. Exactly. And that was the key. That was the beautiful key to the movie was the fact that even for Rey herself had Luke up on this pedestal. That's I fell in love with Ray the moment Finn tells her in Force Awakens he's he has the map to Skywalker and the look she gives him and she's like Skywalker. And like I get I get chills thinking about it, just how happy she was to hear that name and how the whole galaxy knows that name. Right. And so she had this high, you know, hope of who he was going to be and then he turns out not to be that person. He turns out to be this guy who's like, I'm done. I don't want anything to do. Leave me alone. I have nothing to do with this. Get, this lightsaber doesn't mean anything to me anymore. And then and then just to see his journey through until the very end to where he finally comes back and says, okay, I know exactly what I have to do. I, I need to be that legend the whole galaxy knew. And when he comes back, it's awesome. The choice he made to do that for me is so satisfying because he threw the lightsaber. When you analyze it, it's a great story it's a great film but to me and a lot of people i think it's not a great star wars it's a great film it's a great idea great execution but it's just not the thing that we wanted yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah I mean, you're looking at me like this dude <laughs> this, this, this guy but you know i was I, I was thinking about um the last jedi and one thing that came to my head was and I, I, I love The Last Jedi. I think it's it's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. But if you really think about the story of The Last Jedi, it almost feels like the novel between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back to where, like, after the events of A New Hope, all this stuff happened, and then we end up on Hoth. And then that's, like, that's like a good novel to read in between the, yeah. the episodes. And The Last Jedi just felt like a novel between Force Awakens and episode nine if you really think about it because you right. have your character and you're a novel guy i'm a novel guy yeah so <laughs> when i when i read it i mean when i watched it, it i was thinking okay so the battle of crate is almost like the beginning of empire strikes back right where you have your rebels kind of like hey we're in this base we're trying to oh the empire said we got to go we got to go and that's kind of what happens so right. it feels like to me all the adventures of ray adventures of finn and rose and Poe and all that just felt like it could have been like a good standalone novel and then that led into the Battle of Crate. Right. And there's a lot of great elements, in my opinion, in The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that there's salt on, on the surface of Crate mm -hmm. and when something hits it, you see the red dust come up. Yes, it's And awesome. of course, we, they can't use blood in the Star Wars film because it would make it rated R yeah. immediately, instantly. So, I mean, that filled that void right there. And then when... Luke got shot up where we thought, I mean, he was, probably had some type of force field or something. Yeah. And all you saw all the red come up, and that was that was pretty good. I mean, it's... And then the Porgs, I thought the Porgs, the Porgs were, were great. totally hit. Yep. I like the gremlins of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't feed them after midnight. Yeah, <laughs> and then the Holdo maneuver, that, that, that whole was, moment, that, that was, was great. Yeah. But uh, for me, it was it was a great, it was, I always tell people, it was what the franchise needed. After seven movies, you couldn't do the same thing again with eight. Eight had to do something different. Because you had your, you have your four, five, and six, the holy grail of Star Wars. Yeah. And then you have one, two, and three, which people are kind of like, eh. Not what we were, not what we wanted. Kids love them. Kids love them because they grew up with yes. them. Yes, yeah. but it's like it wasn't what we wanted. And then Abrams was like, "Okay, okay, calm down. Look at this." And yeah. we were like, "What? This is there. It is. It's Star Wars." And then Ryan Johnson said, "Okay, we can't. We have to do something different. We can't. I can't just say, all right, here's another nostalgic feel for y'all. And then here's something that everybody wants. What do you need? You need Luke to do this. Check. You need a." Uh, you need this type of battle? Check. You need, oh, all of Ray's questions answered? Yes, check. There would have been a bigger backlash if he would have answered every single question in this movie, in my opinion. But the fact that he didn't, for me, it makes him an awesome director that he was like, I'm going to tell this story because this is what the characters need. Well, he did, start, he did start writing it right as he read the Force Awakens script before anything had been shot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's... It is what it is. I mean, it's it's there, and I think i I think he I think he knocked it out of the park. And actually, yeah. I read that he he had to go back and rewrite some stuff after Force Awakens came out because people because I don't think he had a lot going on with um, some of the characters. Yeah. But then Kathleen Kennedy said, "Hey, people really like Poe. They really like Finn. They really like." Ray. Yes, I, I did hear and about so that. He was like, "Okay," so he went back. And I remember John Boyega early, early on said, he goes, I'm not really with Daisy. She's not really the main character of the movie. It's, I'm, I'm with somebody else throughout the whole movie. That was like a couple of years ago. Hmm. He had said that. And I remember telling him, I was like, man, did, is, are they going to introduce another like Jedi or something? But it was Rose. He was talking about Rose. Uh, so apparently okay. in the original script, maybe she was much, much bigger in that original script that Ryan Johnson right. wrote. And then he had to like kind of blend everyone together and make sure... Everyone had their fair share, but yeah, from what John Boyega had said, he said it's I'm with somebody else for like the whole movie, and she's yeah. kind of the main character. So, <laughs> the interesting thing about Rose is that name was actually Maz Kanata's name in The Force Awakens originally. Really? Yes. Wow. And then Kira was, was Ray's, Ray's name. Character. Yes. And then they just changed the spelling. Apparently, mm-hmm. it sounds the same. But yeah, it's interesting how they're recycling these names. It's weird how they're doing that too. Right, like right. it's like, why not just keep the names the same? Like why yeah. not? I don't know. And who knows? What one thing I want answered in episode nine is uh, how Maz got the lightsaber. It's killing me, dude. It's killing me how Maz got Luke's. That lightsaber. would be great if they had a total Bond opening for episode nine, and it's the journey of the lightsaber. That would be kind of cool. like how they wanted to do in the Force Awakens opening. And then they scrapped it. They thought it was cheesy. But I would like to see, man, if it could just open up on Bespin and Cloud City, Luke and Vader fighting, Jeez. and then the hand getting chopped off, and a, and a, a different sh- a different camera angle of it, and it follows the hand and the saber. That would be, that would be. But a- see, they did have that opportunity in the Force Awakens. J.J. Abrams did talk about. Having Ray in the Force Vision sequence when she's walking through the hallway mm-hmm. in Cloud City to show the the duel between Vader and Luke. Yeah, and it's like 
show that. It's that's even more the- connective tissue. The more connective tissue they have to the original trilogy and even the prequels, I think the better. Yes. Which is, I think, what's he's, what it's like now with what he said with Nine, that's what he's going to do. He's going to like tie in everything in together now with Nine. And in the, the novel... And I don't even know where that came from. I mean, people have just said it, ran with it. So I'm not even sure if that's even legit. What, that, but that JJ's going to tie together all three trilogies well, somehow. Said, I think he said it himself. Yeah, he, he was like, I'm going to try and tie it all in. And in the novel, I remember reading, and she says, you know, she's she wakes up and she's in this hallway and she sees a man with a mask fighting a younger man with a blue lightsaber. And so in the novel, when she's looking at man. that part, she's seeing that. And in the movie, we don't. Yeah, we, we don't see her point of view. We don't see her point of view. We just see her looking. So in my head, I'm thinking, that's what she's looking at. Why didn't you show it, man? Why didn't oh, you show man, it? Oh, man, that would be and so then, great. And um, then she sees, you know, Kylo Ren killing everybody. And um, what's another thing? Oh, in the novel, she they, she even mentions, uh, oh, she sees a boy at the end of the hall who, like, turns the corner and runs away. And she's, like, trying to run toward him. And then she gets shifted to another spot. And when I read um, that, I was like, ooh, what? Ooh. Uh, broom kid. <laughs> I was like, is this, is this broom kid, or is this, or is she seeing Anakin? I know? think people make seeing... way too much about broom kid. Broom kid was just another little kid in the galaxy that was force sensitive that achieved the ability to use the force a little bit. I think it was the the hope. It was the hope of yeah. Luke. Like that's what. And that was the other th- the brilliant thing that the last Jedi did. Ryan Johnson was kind of the democratization of the force mm-hmm. that everyone is capable. But some people are more sensitive than others. Yeah. And that's what I kind of thought all along. I didn't think it was just the Skywalkers that had like force, supreme yeah. force ability. Because, yeah. of course, I mean, Obi-Wan's there. He's not a Skywalker. Yeah. Yoda's there. And then you see the Jedi. So, I mean, they're, people do it just, just like talent. Just like natural, yeah. born with talent. I mean, some people have it. Some people, some people don't. Will. And apparently the forces, yeah, does that to people. And so that totally works. That totally, yeah. I love that ending. Like when he looks up, and you hear the music start, and you're just like, "Oh my, that's Luke!" Like it's, it's like not right. another Luke per se, but like right. this young kid who's looking up, going, "There's something else out there for me." And then he picks up the broom, like a, he's holding it like a lightsaber, and I was like, "That was beautiful. That was such a beautiful <laughs> moment." And you know whether or not he's gonna be in nine. I hope he's not. No. But, um, Pablo Hidalgo gave him his name. It's like Tamari Blag or something. Or... Just show you how much he cares about the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give him a cool name like like Ray or something. Yeah. Or... or like Therm Scissor Punch. Yeah, like that's the coolest. <laughs> Who Scissor Punch. There was a Scissor Punch in Star Wars now. How cool of a name is that? God, yeah, I'm gonna be really upset if he's not like featured more in the in the solo movie. He's got to have like some little like button moment in the film. Uh, that, and was... Trying to pick up a sabak coin. Yep. How is he? How is he at the table? I mean, what is he? Doing? He's got to be just a spectator. How is he gonna handle all the all the coins and the credits? And I think he's he might be the dealer. Uh, <laughs> or shoot, maybe he uses the force and just yeah, he's he's the force sensitive. Yeah. Uh, Scissor, was it? What is it again? Scissor, uh, what's his name? Therm Scissor Punch. Scissor Punch. Almost. You like, gonna say Scissor Hands? I was gonna say Scissor Hands. <laughs> Johnny Depp plays the role. Uh, scissor Punch, almost yeah. like a Taser Face on a Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Taser. Face. But hey, man, that that name is awesome. It harkens back to the whole Yak Face, Snackle Tooth, mm-hmm. Hammerhead yep. aesthetic. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I love that they did that. Man, I'm just. After looking at that solo trailer, I'm just wondering how much is Lord Miller, how much is 
Ron Howard. Like how much? So we'll, well, we'll the reports know. came out. Well, I mean, they said the reports came out that he basically we shot the whole thing. Are you serious? And instead of doing multiple takes, he did two, two to three, and moved on. And whatever they got, they got. But I mean, he's such a pro that he's Ron Howard. He knew, yeah, he knew what he got worked, so he moved on. If this thing is spectacular, Ron Howard's got to get some kind of bonus or. Oh yeah. I mean. He's gonna look so good if this movie is, is great, great, yep, and it's a box office hit. It was really funny whenever you know Lord Miller got uh, got axed, you know, because I was wondering is she gonna go with is she gonna try to find new blood again, or is she gonna go with someone she trusts? So a lot of people thought maybe Spielberg was gonna be somebody she would like get, or uh, Abrams bring Abrams. And then we found out later she already had Abrams in mind for nine. And I was thinking, you know, like maybe uh, Spike Jones could come in and finish the movie. Um, I always say, um, who do I always say? Matthew Vaughn. I, always, I love Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, too. Matthew Vaughn would be a great yeah, pick. Because I, I think he did a great job with X-Men First Class and then the um, Kingsman movies and all his other stuff. And then Brad Bird, of course, would be like the ultimate choice, but he's a, I don't know. You think so? Yes. Tomorrowland didn't hit. Okay. I was so pumped. <laughs> I was so excited for Tomorrowland because I heard he turned down Episode Seven for Tomorrowland. Oh gosh! Because when whenever they first announced Lucasfilm was buying Disney, they're gonna make more movies. Brad Bird was number one on my list to take over. I said he's an amazing writer. He's an amazing director. He could really knock this out of the park. But then apparently he said, "No, I'm gonna do something else." And I and I saw the trailer to Tomorrowland. It looked really cool. And I was like, "Dude." This movie has to be amazing if you passed up Star Wars to do this film. Like, this is one of your passion projects, Tomorrowland. The movie started, the movie ended, and I was like, that was not great at all. <laughs> that, was, that was a huge disappointment. I was so yeah. upset. And my wife and I were like, wow, that was really bad. Like, I wasn't, I hated it so much. And... So Brad Bird was always like even Guillermo del Toro was like always on my list of like directors who can come in. He and needs so, to do the Java Star Wars that would be story. Awesome. That would be so great. That but, would be so great. And, and so it was like who's she get a pick? And my my friends, um, they have their own choices. My friend Jamie, he always says Edgar Wright. He goes Edgar Wright needs to do a Star Wars movie. I used to always say no, I don't. But now I'm thinking yeah, Edgar Wright would probably be an amazing choice to do one. And so we had all these options. And then they're like, Ron Howard has just been announced to take over the new Solo movie. I read the name and I said, yep, she went with the safe choice. Like, she went with the one that she was like, he's going to come in and he's going to do exactly what he does, which is make amazing movies. And he did. And he got it done. And the movie still got it. They didn't push the movie back. I thought for sure they were going to have to push the movie back to December. But it seems like he was like, no, I can do it. It's okay. And see, the thing we don't know was Lawrence Kasdan also directing. Yeah. He could direct, he just can't get the credit. He just can't, yeah, because of the guild, all that yeah, shenanigans yeah. with the guild. So. In a couple of podcasts ago, I kept on saying Jake Kasdan, but his son is named John Kasdan. Yeah, but he also has a son. He has another son, I think. That's his son, too? Yeah, he has two okay. sons. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Kaz, if, if any of the Kasdans hear this... And and we got you wrong. I'm so sorry, but I could have sworn I saw something. They're all related. They're all related. I think. Gosh. Yeah. And uh, Lawrence uh, Lawrence Kasdan's pretty great. I was so glad he came back for seven. Like that was such a cool. Yeah. And then of course he did solo. He did the script with his son. Mm-hmm. So, and allegedly it's one of the best Star Wars scripts ever. So. You know what I want to see? I want to see what Michael Art wrote for uh, Force Awakens. 
I want to see what he had going for Force Awakens. Someone did do an article where they surmised what he kind of wrote, and it was kind of in the vein of what George Lucas's treatments were for this new mm-hmm. trilogy. I had also heard a rumor, somebody somewhere said, the first half of The Last Jedi was the second half of Force Awakens. To that effect, where like Michael Art was already like in that territory of already bringing Luke in yeah. and showing that whole like showing Luke's progression of like who he was, uh, and that I guess it maybe it was already too weird for them. And they and then plus, I his style in writing is he loves to take his time when he writes his scripts, and his scripts are great. Little Miss Sunshine and Toy Story 3 are amazing screenplays, and that <laughs> made me crack up so much. <laughs> It really shouldn't make me laugh, but Michael Arndt said that his process is he has to take a year or two yes. to figure out a story. And it's like, what, what, there's no time for that. I know, which, <laughs> is, like, which is why I think if ultimately they, they let him go. And yeah, I was it's like, so, you're taking too long, man. I was really sad, though, because what was really funny was when they first announced it, I was like, okay, Brad Bird should direct it. Robert wasn't chosen. J.J. Abrams was chosen. And I said, Michael Art needs to write it. And then they announced. I was like, man, I'm actually pretty smart sometimes. But then when they fired him, I was like, what? And then I read that article. And, I, he and it's like a time. year? Seriously? He needed that time. But, I don't think you have a second job, man. But I really but I really want to know what he would have done with it. Like, I really yeah. want to read what he was planning on. Because his name is still in the... He's right, still he's credited. credited, yeah. So apparently some of the stuff... He did write is used in the movie. Right, right. So, and then, like I said, somebody said, like, his some of his stuff was what was in The Last Jedi. So yeah. I'm thinking it was already kind of too out there for them. And they were like, no, we need to make it a little more uh, nostalgic. Let's not go Phantom Menace on them right away. Because Phantom Menace <laughs> didn't feel like Star Wars. Even though they pull out their lightsabers, you're still kind of like, what are we watching? Like, this is a pretty cool science fiction movie, but this doesn't feel like Star Wars. Well, to me, it did feel like Star Wars because I was already invested mm-hmm. with Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi and Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. And then that was the opening shot. Two Jedi. All right, we're rolling. We're going. And then the Jar Jar stuff happens. But see, in the theater, the first viewing, you're just kind of in shock. Yeah. It's a new Star Wars film. And it's like, what is it? Yep, yep. There's no way this is going to be bad. Yep. And, yeah, that was like the ultimate in 1999. That was a, what was I, I was a junior you, in high school. Okay. So, yeah, I, it, it was just. I was in fourth grade going into fifth grade, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's the age gap. Y'all just yeah. the age gap between us. But uh, I remember I had my, I bought the, at the. The book fair, they had the book there, the the Phantom Menace, and yeah. like they had Darth Maul's picture back there. They had the boy running, who I thought was Luke. Like I was like, oh my god, look, it's Luke Skywalker as a boy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and this guy, that's oh, that's that's Anakin, and this old guy, he yeah. looks weird to be Obi Wan. Then I was like, completely wrong. And uh, but no, so yeah, okay, we talk about the Phantom Menace now in our podcast, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> we went there, but what I was gonna it's, say, hey, it's my favorite prequel <laughs> yeah. actually. A lot really, of people... That's your favorite? Yes, that's my Uh-oh, favorite. Here we go. I've watched it so many times and... Okay, hate hate on me all you want. 
I love, absolutely love the pod racing in the Phantom Menace. I don't that, love it. I like it. That whole sequence. There's is, just it, it almost feels like there's something missing or off. It's the fact that the movie just stops to show the race. <laughs> like, the whole movie. You have this incredible, like, kind of an incredible plot. If you really think about it. That's hilarious. The whole movie. And then the whole movie just goes, oh, everybody time out. Check this out. And then, like, you get this pod race. And then the pod race is over, and it goes, all right, back to the movie. So I think that's why a lot of people have, like, "Uh, it just feels weird. Yeah, because the whole movie stopped. And uh, so that's my opinion about why people. But for me, visually, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, like, thing to see. But, you know, reading, like, some of the novels now about, like, because a lot of these novels are now showing the history of what was going on with the Empire. And, now you watch I watch the prequels and there's a lot of genius actually happening with the story. Right. A lot of like really smart things happening that you completely miss when you're younger because you're just like this is not Star Wars. Like this doesn't who who's Jar Jar? Why what is this? This little boy is annoying. And then but now that I go back I'm like, "Oh, okay. I can see like the underline of what was what was happening." And when I talk about the prequels to my friends, I say each prequel had like great moments and like great opportunities. Pretty much what I'm saying about the last Jedi. Oh, don't give me that. Man. Don't give me that. Last Jedi was great. Last Jedi was amazing. But like you know, you have all these great moments that just Lucas was kind of like, uh, I'm gonna skip over that. Go to the next next part. Like the whole gun game thing. The gun game thing does work for Star Wars. It really does work. You have this, this, you're still laughing at me, laughing at The Last Jedi. Oh, jeez, I'm never going to be able to talk about it. And this is, this is our last podcast, because uh, we didn't agree on The Last Jedi. <laughs> we gave up after five episodes, because I love The Last Jedi. And he's always going, well, James, they did miss a lot of really good opportunities. Oh, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> You're crazy, man. Yeah, the, crazy. yeah, just like the Phantom Menace, the pod race stopped the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I brought up the Sorry about the pod racing. It just totally stopped Stopped the film. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, uh, sorry, listeners. We are we are crazy, but we uh, love Star Wars that much, though. Even though yeah. we talk about, if we don't agree on everything, we still know that Star Wars is amazing. And so I don't know. Like I said. Um, Solo comes out. It's going to be great. Nine is going to be coming out in a year, right? 2019. And we'll see what Abrams has up his sleeve. And like I said, I think it's going to be... I said it a couple of podcasts ago, but I think Abrams is probably going to make one of the biggest movies of all time with episode nine. <laughs> I'm, I, I said it, man. If, if He's going to promote it so well that everybody... The box office is truly going to be interesting. Coming off the heels of The Last Jedi... And what Solo does, that's the next film. Yep. And the next film is going to be December 2019. And we'll find out, man. We'll find out what they have in mind. But uh, but I think we talked enough tonight. The pod racing ruined our podcast. (laughs) I apologize to our listeners. Just like the Phantom Menace. Just like the Phantom Menace, our pod racing ruined it. Because, man, forget it. I loved it, man. Are you going to say you like Attack of the Clones too? You liked the Attack of the Clones, didn't you? Well, it wasn't that bad of a movie. You know, when I first saw it, I, I really liked it. And, of course, it had elements. And the whole Yoda fight sequence, yeah, I, I was really anticipating that. Mm-hmm. But then you watch it again as a film. And the more you watch it, the more you watch it, the more time passes. It just kind of sinks in the rankings. So, <laughs> it's it, it's yeah, it's 
pretty much universally considered the worst Star Wars yeah. film. Even though, I mean, it's, it's it's got some cool stuff. I mean, Jango Fett, Yoda with the lightsaber. In, in the in the in the terms of like scope of the Star Wars saga, the most important movie would probably be, in my opinion, Attack of the Clones. Because if you really think about like what happens in that story of Attack of the Clones, sets up everything else. Like that, that's like the turning point in the entire franchise. You, uh, you can write your hate mail and address it to yeah, James. It to James Herrera. No, because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that happens in there that you're like. Yeah, I mean it's true. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the things that happen in Attack of the Clones make way for Revenge of the Jedi, which Revenge of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. I'm getting there. I swear to God, Revenge of the Sith, and it, it sets the stage for the rest of it. So Attack of the Clones for me is like the most important one out of out of all of them. Is it a great movie? No, it's not. It's yeah. it's, it's not that it's not that great. And I remember when I went to first watch it, I was so excited to watch it. And then I was like, I, I, when it was over, I was like, that was so cool. And I bought it, I brought it home on VHS. I just fast forwarded all the way to the end to watch Yoda fight. And then I watched it again from the beginning and I was like, oh, this movie's not that great. It's really, it's really not that fantastic. <laughs> but I remember I was so pumped. I was talking to my brothers and we were over there like hitting each other at the beginning. Like, oh my God, it's on. It's on. We're watching it. We're watching it. I was like, yeah, shut up. And then um, it was just, yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't that great. <laughs> it just wasn't that great. <laughs> uh, the seismic charges coming out of Slave One. Dude, that was great. The sound. Yes. Just the boom. Like it's just right. quiet and then the boom. That was right. awesome. That was terrific. That whole Obi Wan plot line was. If the whole yeah. movie would have been that plot line, it would have been a great movie, but then it was like Lucas was like, I could write a love story. No, you can't. So you just, just wanted to totally write out Anakin? Yeah, just write out the whole Anakin thing. And, and just have it be like in it, the crawl. Yeah. And then boom, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's flying and investigating all this stuff. And then and it was just so weird. It was so bizarre, the whole love story. Because it was like forced. It's like he ran out of time. And when they get to the arena, he's like, oh, yeah. they gotta like She has to fall in love with him. Okay. And then she, he like writes that quick line. And they go into the arena. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, an actual love triangle between Anakin, Padme, and Obi Wan would have been way more yes. interesting and yes. provocative. And oh, we never even knew that. Now yep. that's so like mind boggling that Obi Wan actually had something mm-hmm. for Darth Vader's wood or wife. Yeah, and then like that would add so much more to the prequel. Yeah, that would have added ones a lot when more. He's talking to them, and but then again, you'd make Obi Wan less pure of a Jedi. And no, that would. <laughs> Watch, I'm gonna laugh whenever we start. Even right. though they did kind of do that with Satine and Clone Wars. Yeah, right? true. Yeah, he did like kind of have. So a, yeah. that's gonna be so funny. Like they do it even McGregor Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Like the beginning of the movies, him waking up on Tatooine. There's like a girl like in his in his room. And he's just like, get out. <laughs> just start off. God, Lucas still needs to make that Kenobi movie. That would be awesome. Get on it. <laughs> Announce it. Well, I think this this podcast was pretty great we kind of went everywhere again like we always do yeah but uh it's sorry stuff sorry our pod race star wars stuff our, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but before we go i will say uh i have we have to give a shout out to daisy ridley who portrays ray in star wars her birthday is april the 10th and we just want to say happy birthday to her because i'm not gonna lie she's like my favorite character in like every like everything Again, hate mail, send hate mail to James. But no, I don't I like think we'll it. get hate mail for that one. I, I think, yeah, Daisy really does a phenomenal job as Ray, And she's a really cool character. And 
it all go, for me it all goes back to that moment when she said Luke Skywalker in Force Awakens. When she said that line, I was like, she's amazing. Yeah. And, and just you, to come out of nowhere. Yes. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And it was awesome. And if you ever like see our setup that we have here, I have a lot of posters up and a majority oh, of them are true. majority of them are kind of Daisy Ridley cuz she's my favorite. Yeah. She's one of my favorite characters in the whole saga and oh, yeah. I uh, I made a list of the top 10 like greatest moments in the Star Wars like saga and like all of them and her uh calling the lightsaber to her in force awakens is like one of my favorite moments yeah that was a pretty good moment and uh so we'll get into that one later but just yeah. give a shout out to daisy ridley that's it for us today and thank y'all for listening and we promise our next ones will be a lot better and cleaner than, than, this, <laughs> than this podcast was but again thank y'all for listening and uh may the force be with you always 